that was in the time of bombing of Serbia. So that was a time when, to me, I wasn't afraid because of bomb. I just was thinking about sense of life. I completely didn't know why I live. And uh, I grew up in Orthodox Church and uh, in Orthodox family. I never heard anything about God and gospel. I would go to different places, different churches, monastery, asking people who God is and how I can connect with God. Nobody ever told me about uh, God, about Jesus, about the gospel. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. It's a pleasure to have you stop by today. I'm always intrigued by how we find guests for the show. The other day, I was out playing disc golf with my sons, a new hobby I'm starting to enjoy, really. Not very good at it at all. It's kind of like my golf game. It's not good at all. But it's fun to get out there and have some fun with my sons, and we're all enjoying just uh, laughing and trying to get this little round disc to go into the target. But I was out the other day, my phone rang, and I was fumbling around in my bag trying to get the phone I talked to my dear friend, Ronnie Stevens. He called me and said, hey, I've got somebody I want you to meet. He's in town, and I think you'd be a great guest on Mid-South Viewpoint. So that's how we're going to be able to talk to Slajan Milinkovic. And he is in the studio. He's here from Serbia. And I'm looking forward to, Slajan, to talk to you, to discover what you're doing here in Memphis, how you and Ronnie Stevens became friends. But welcome to Memphis. Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Okay, great. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really honored and pleasure. So thank you so much. You are the director of a ministry in Serbia called Christian Trust Brigade. There is a Serbian acronym called HUB, H-U-B. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yes, we call in Serbian H-U-B like Hrišćansko udruženje Beograd, which means Christian Trust Belgrade. Okay, nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your daughter, Sarah, is in the studio with us, but she's not on camera and she's not on microphone. I just want to say hi to Sarah, though, while you're here today. The work that you do in Serbia is part of Bible school training to Serbians, who want to prepare for Christian ministry, educate through courses, seminars, conferences, excursion camps, publishing literature. There's a lot that you do. I want to start really from the beginning and give us, if you would, a brief history of the Serbian people. And I know we could do a whole series on Mm. just the history of Mm. Serbia, but I really would like just to get a little brief synopsis so our friends can understand more about where you come from. Okay, thank you so much. So Serbia is a South East Europe, so it's a country, then uh, it's uh, formed from Yugoslavia when Yugoslavia was separated 30 years ago, and uh, Serbia and the capital of Serbia is Belgrade. It was a capital of Yugoslavia before. So Serbia is the most, uh, like now, democracy country, but it's uh, most of the population are orthodox believers so in the bible school and the ministry in the bible school then we i run there it's very much needed because a very small percentage of evangelical christians and believers exist not only in serbia in the whole region in the southeast europe from uh, serbia croatia bosnia its churches are very small and we have like a predominant christian religious as an orthodox, but, you know, usually in an orthodox church and uh, in the places where, you know, I grew up in an yes. orthodox church, uh, it's uh, very hard to hear the gospel and ac- actually people just don't know anything about God and about Jesus. So, yeah. 
I was trying to discover much as I could before you came into the studio. Mm. So I was watching some YouTube videos that were explaining some of the history and mm. going back to the 1300s, the Ottomans and the, the, yeah. the wars and the conflicts. And, and of course, Yugoslavia, I remember you know the Cold War and yeah. the impact of that. How do the past wars and conflicts shape the way the people in Serbia live today? Yeah, it's been very hard years, especially like in 1990s when Yugoslavia was splitted up. We had a terrible civil war in Croatia, Bosnia, also in Serbia territory and the south of Serbia and Kosovo. People just start fighting, you know, mostly Catholics with uh, Orthodox, which is uh, Serbian and Croatians, and Catholics and Orthodox with Bosnians, they are Muslim. So you see the very much it's all connected with the religious and faith in uh, this post-communist yes. country. Yes. So many people were, in that time, were killed, and uh, the whole nations uh, in, uh, in uh, Yugoslavia struggle economically, financially, so all kind of loss. It was really hard years. Yes. Uh, I was a teenager in that time when all those things happening. But uh, I mean, your area really, was bombed by yes, NATO we, forces. Yeah, exactly. You know, the last war was a conflict in Kosovo, in South Serbia. So that war was ended in 1999 with the bombing of Serbia and uh, by NATO. And that was really devastating time. And uh, many people lost their lives and uh, have to flee their homes. Very much time of uh, such a huge struggling of four nations, uh, the Bible School and the Ministry of Bible School was founded. That was exactly 1996. And it started not with design to be the ministry like it's now. It started just with helping and doing the ministry to refugees who start fleeing all the way from uh, Croatia and Bosnia to Serbia. The people start sharing the gospel with them. But because of those people who hear the gospel from refugees, they become believers. And in that time, any evangelical school didn't exist in the whole region. And then one couple from the UK, who actually serving and helping those refugees in Serbia, they said, okay, we need to have a Bible training program for the new believers. But in very first year, that program was spread out to all churches and evangelical community because there wasn't any school for anyone, Bible school for anyone, who will train people to get to know Bible better, to grow spiritually, and to go out and share the gospel with others. So that's wow. like the yes. in the most difficult time, you <laughs> know, something good happened. I mean, and a good happened in a way then the Bible schools was founded and the institution then were able to train the people yes. and to share the gospel in the region. Sanjan, you said something earlier when you were talking about the conflict of religion and yeah. the people having their differences. Someone once said that religion was the opium of the people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's a true statement. Yeah. When you talk about religion, we've seen in history what yeah. religion does to people. Yeah. But you and I are mm -hmm. talking about something more valuable, a relationship yeah. with Jesus Christ, yeah. with the living God. Yeah. We're not talking about a religion. Yes. yes. So when was it that that relationship with Christ became a reality to you when you crossed from death to life. Yeah. When was that for you? Exactly. That was in the time of bombing of Serbia. So that was a time when, to me, 
I wasn't afraid because of bombed. I just was thinking about sense of life. I completely didn't know why I live. And uh, I grew up in Orthodox Church and an uh, Orthodox family. I never heard anything about God and gospel. I would go to different places, different churches, monastery, asking people who God is and how I can connect with God. Nobody ever told me about uh, God, about Jesus, about the gospel. Only what I've heard, it will be go there, do, do some kind of religious things, and you will be fine. Or somebody will tell me, okay, you are too young to think about it. But I was desperately lost. In the time, I, I remember I was uh, working my first job in that time. I was at the age of 19. So I started reading the New Testament. One of my colleagues gave it to me, like small Gideon's New Testament. I never had in my hands uh, the New Testament. I started reading. I mean, that, that was the first time you had scriptures in your hands. First hand. time. And I didn't know that this is the Bible or whatever, how people call that, or it was a New Testament. But I always believed that God is exist. But for me, God was somewhere too far from me, and then we just, I cannot reach him out. But when I start reading the Bible, so I didn't know any believers. I never heard for any evangelicals. I never know that someone exists who reads the Bible and know God. Yes. But I start reading the Bible. God opened my eyes just through reading the New Testament. And I understand who Jesus is. I understand what he did for me. I start to pray for him. I start giving up my sinful lifestyle before I met anyone. So that's why I really believe in the power of the Word of God to change people's lives, because the power of the Word of God changed my life. Yes. And this yeah. is exactly what we are doing at the Bible School Ministry. We just want to put out the Word of the Gospel in people's life and for them to share among nations because even like 85% of four nations, they come and says, I'm a Christian, but they don't even know what Bible is. Bible is completely neglected in our society. Nobody reads the Bible. You cannot find the Bible. And yeah, so it's it's very much needed. You know, that's not just your society. It's in our society here in America, too, unfortunately. Yes. In comparison, I understand what you're saying. Yes, yes. But sadly enough, mm, that's a true yeah. statement from many places. Okay, so what are some of the challenges to those who complete their training at your Bible school as mm. they prepare to launch into ministry and look for planting new churches and looking for new ways to minister the gospel? Yes. What are some of those challenges? You know, what's happening at the Bible school from very beginning, it's very unique because we have in the middle of those divisions among the nations, at the Bible school, we have people from all backgrounds, from Muslim, from Catholics, from uh, Orthodox background, Roma people, uh, Slovak people. And so we have uh, students from what happened outside is completely different than what happened in our school because yeah. the gospel unites. Gospel actually unites people. So it's made something then it's completely unknown to the world and, and something then be word fighting for actually we have that because the gospel brings peace among nations and then what we we want to do that it's not about to make divisions between people we just want to whatever there or muslim catholics orthodox everyone needs jesus we just want yes. to say it doesn't important who you are or what nations because everyone think oh, okay i'm serb i'm Croat, i'm bosnian i'm you know national identities are their own identity and we we just say okay trust in the lord jesus this is the way it can change our lives that message actually just all students yes. you know share around 
And the challenge, yeah, there are many challenges, of course, you know, and uh, and people just because of the national identity, a pride, sometimes just so hard to give, not give up. It's just this is part of our identity. And yes. if I don't do in this way, if I don't hate, I don't, you know, it's I have, I need to have an enemy. Yes. I need, you know. Well, and the then, Apostle Paul was a citizen of Rome, yes. you know, but he still was true to the gospel. Yes. And actually, when I became a believer, people ask me what I am now because they says, if you are Serb, you must be Orthodox. So if you... Now, what I am now, I said, I'm still Serb. I'm Serb. I live in Serbia. I was, my parents are Serbian. I'm Serb, but I believe in a living God, yes. in Jesus Christ. So this is my identity is in Jesus, but I still can be a part of my, my nation and my people. But that's somehow in our cultural setting, it's very hard to disconnect. Yes. You know, national, like you are national identity with the what you believe. Yes. Yeah. Well, you mentioned these refugee camps where you do ministry, yeah. helping the poor by raising and importing, distributing the humanitarian yeah. aid. What are the specifics of this particular project? Where does the aid come from? What mm-hmm. type of aid? Who are the poor that you are engaging? Yes. It was hundreds, hundreds of tons of humanitarian aid. We, uh, the churches from the UK, uh, they were gathering the humanitarian aid within the UK churches. The couple who started the ministry in Serbia, uh, they share the, the word among the churches in the UK. So they start sending humanitarian aid to the Bible school and the Bible school and the ministry of the Bible school. We were sharing those humanitarian Distributing aid, those. Yeah. those among the refugees camps all around the Serbia and Bosnia. This ministry lasts for nearly 20 years. Really? You know, because we have refugees camps were closed only a few years ago. Last refugees camp was closed. But that years, you know, so many people hear the gospel were helped with food, all kinds of practical things, you know, and also they they hear the gospel in amazing way. And many of those refugees become believers, and many of those refugees become our students who actually now sharing and pastoring churches are across the Balkan region. Oh, so until beautiful. now we have about over four hundred students who actually were trained in a Bible school for some schools in the in the states, it's a, that's not a big number for for Serbia, yes. where is only zero point three percent of populations are evangelicals, like zero point three, which is like very small percentage of populations are evangelicals. You know, we have four hundred people that shared, and most of them are involved in a full time ministry, pastoring the churches in Macedonia, Bosnia, Croatia, Montenegro, and Serbia. Several years ago, I was attending the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. The convention had wrapped up, and people were trying to make their way out of the convention center in Nashville. I remember standing there as snow was coming down in Nashville. There was a lady in a wheelchair. Her name was Johnny Erickson Tato. I had the privilege of meeting her face-to-face yeah. right there. Her husband was trying to go and get a van. They were trying to make arrangements to get her to the airport. So we had a few minutes to enjoy sharing together. She did the closing mm-hmm. address at the NRB, which was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Many of our listeners know Johnny and friends, know about her ministry, her life, and just how she's an amazing disciple <laughs> and disciple-maker of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But you have a relationship. You yeah. represent Johnny in Serbia. Yes, yes. How did you get connected? connected with her. 
Also, it's amazing journey when God's something doing. It's amazing. So for the first time, I met Nick Vujicic. Uh, maybe you know. Him. Yeah, actually, you know what? He was at that same convention. Mr. Bot always has a breakfast uh-huh. at the convention. Yeah, and he attended. He, so, okay. so I got a chance to meet him there so, too. Yes. Yeah. So I met Nick Vujicic once. He came for the first time in Serbia. His parents are from Serbia, you know, and he speaks Serbian. He uh, he's uh, actually Serbian, but they left Serbia like 50 years ago. Okay. Yes. To, they moved to Australia. So he came to Serbia for the first time in 2009. With him was a someone from Johnny and Friends as well, like one man. His name was Chipper, as I remember. So we just start talking about that and about the need for our churches to know more about how to serve people with disability. Because our goal as a Christian Trust Belgrade, also it's share the gospel, train the people, but also serve the church in general. So we try to see how we can, as a ministry of HOOB, how we can serve the church. And then one of the main thing that we have, one of my main a helper in that time was a person with disability. So that lady in our staff serving with us for 17 years in the Bible school. So we know how much that person with disabled person was enormous blessing to many people. And nobody believed, even her parents never believed that this could happen with their child, but actually their child blessed so many people through the ministry of the Bible school in an amazing way. Slayton, are are these disabilities that you're speaking of with these individuals, are these a result of those from the war? Or some, or no? uh, some, yes, but uh, but yeah, many born with disability. Yes, yes. yes, some of them, yes. We have, you know, after the war, many people get got disabled, which is like every war make those kind of consequences, you know. So we feel then the churches never were open for people with disability. We don't see, we have 10% of population with some kind of disability, but percentage in a church, it's less than 1%. Yes. We yeah. felt also like with whom Jesus was surrounded all the time. But at the beginning, it was idea when we met Nick Witch, I, when I met Nick Witch, Nick Witch was the person without arms and legs. And when I speak with him, you know, he was, to me, he was like, a way powerful than <laughs> myself with uh, legs and arms, <laughs> you know, because the power is not about. Have you seen the movie Butterfly Circus? Yes, I, I did. Oh, yeah. it's a powerful, <laughs> it's a powerful. Yes, yeah. So they told me about Johnny and friends, and uh, and that was a guy from Johnny. And so we we the idea was okay, let's make a conference uh, for church leaders in Serbia about how we can serve people with disability, open or places of worship for people with disability. So we organized at HOOB, we invite pastors in one year later, we organized pastors conference. So, and then Steve Boundy from, and Jeff McNear from Johnny and Friends, they came to teach yes. uh, those pastors at on seminary for one week training wow. and just to encourage them to think about how is the blessing to open or places of worship for those people <laughs> and then after that we start with the camps camps like family camps family retreats for children with disability that was in uh, 2010 was the first oh. camp 2011 another camp and then now we have like the whole idea of the camp hope then it's been uh, for many years Camp Hope becomes something that's uh, very much valuable to the disabled community in Serbia. Yes. So now we even cannot accommodate it enough 
people who apply to come to our camps, like five days retreats when the family from Serbia and region come and uh, people from churches, they are volunteers, they serve them, keep the kids away from them for some times, but also we share the gospel with with those people. We just make like blast for the people for the five days. No one ever in our society does those things for them. In Western world, yes. you know, there are many camps, many non-government organizations doing many things yes. for families. Yes. In Serbia, things like that don't exist. So those camps, what when we start doing those, we never ever, we've seen the more open group of people for the gospel than those people, families with children with disability. They are neglected, they are pushed away from community, but who can (laughs) love them the most? And Johnny and friends, they start supporting those camps. Yes. And then, then, you know, we visited. I, I went Johnny as well, you know, a couple of times. Yeah. To us, that's been yes. such a blessing. And the, those ministries, when we opened the doors from our facility to those people, God really blessed our ministry. Yes. Oh. <laughs> in an amazing way. Yes. So that's why I believe open the doors for those who suffer, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. Our mutual friend Ronnie Stevens says that you're the foremost young Christian leader in Serbia. What motivates you most as a leader? Hmm. I think definitely the need or nation for Christ. That's something we cannot just sit and wait to things happen. We have to move. We have to be out in our society and just live our lives for God's sake. What changed my life is the Word of God. I really believe that this is something that can change the lives of people in Serbia. So my motivation is definitely God himself and his powerful gospel to change people's life. Amen. About eight years ago, your oldest daughter, Sarah, was diagnosed with a brain Mm -hmm. tumor. and She was accepted right here at world-famous St. Jude in Memphis. Can you describe what that experience was like for your family? Now, when did you notice something wasn't right? Yes, that was exactly 10 years of ministry. We had the first time after 10 years in our, our ministry, we had like two months off for the first time to be a little bit away and doing some fun with our family. We were expecting the third child in that time, Lena, and then uh, my wife, Yaroslava, she was pregnant. At the end of that break, actually, we start realizing then something happening with uh, Sarah. You know, she feels unwell, start vomiting and things like that. And then when we got back and we took her to the doctor and they very, actually very fast, they found out then she has a a brain tumor. To us, that was completely, we never told them this from completely healthy child. We were stuck with those news that it, it was devastating news. It's hard, hard to believe that this happened to us. It's hard to imagine what is in front of us. So we were afraid, you know, I just cannot imagine be in that position without the faith in a living God. Yes. You know, in that time, only our faith, trust in God. We never doubt that God made mistakes. Yes. So we knew 
my wife and I, we knew this is not mistake, but we don't know what really God wants. We just pray God, God give us strength for today. That's all what we need. So it was hard news. Ronnie Stevens, actually, uh, you know, he was a teacher in that time at the school. And usually when he come to the Bible school, he stayed in our house, you know. So he's with us in our house. And that news comes exactly that week when Ronnie was with us. So he was there and he was very much supportive. It's God's providence. It's uh, unbelievable. So at the same time, only connections that I have with the States in the that time, actually with some people whom I know actually from Memphis and some friends from Memphis, actually Ronnie connected me with some people from Memphis. They told me about St. Jude. And then how few months later we end up here with Sarah, we start treatment at St. Jude's Hospital. And since then, I cannot number how many times we've been coming to Memphis. And the Memphis and place here is really a second home. I received so much compassion and care from people here, from known and unknown people as well, from the church, but also from people outside of church, from many people, like many times, you know, even unknown people will pay bill in a restaurant, not because we don't have money to pay, but people just want to show the compassion. So this is something I believe you are here in the States have something amazing. The way to approach people and help people in need and show them compassion, this is what we never seen that in our life before we got here. So we learned a lot from yes. people from Memphis. And, uh, and how's yeah. Sarah doing today? She's doing great, yes. Of course, you know, it's heart disease, so there are lots of side effects, but praise God, you know, she's a healthy child. She's 17 now. She was only eight and a half when she was diagnosed. Now we're just coming here for checkups, and tomorrow we are going back home. God was with us on this journey, and still He's with us. We learned a lot. We also open not only to serve the families with children with disability. We start doing the camps for children with cancer, also at Hoob. This is what we started doing a couple of years ago when we got back from Memphis. We have help from uh, even from people from Central Hospital, Sarah's doctor, Dr. Greg Armstrong. He was also in Serbia two years ago helping with the camp. I know suffering, yes. it's an awful thing, especially yes. when someone closest to your heart suffer, but God can use or <laughs> yes. your suffering if we give to him everything, you know, he can glorify himself in an, even through the hardest things so we can see his glory in all those things. How can we discover more about your ministry? Do you have a newsletter that listeners can subscribe to? Yes, we have a newsletter on our website, hub.org.rs. <laughs> which is uh, hoop.org.rs. Yes, .org.rs. Yes, yes, RS, yes. So, yes, people could subscribe on our mailing list, but also Facebook page, uh, Camp Nade, which is Camp Hope, uh, Instagram page, Camp Hope. You can Camp Hope Serbia. If you type even in English, you will find the information about uh, about our ministry, Camp Hope ministry and the Hoop. Yeah. Slayton Olenkovitz. Yes. God bless you, my dear brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for Thank you. Me. Thank you for coming. Thank oh. you for what you are doing for Christ's kingdom yeah. in Serbia. Thanks for being our guest. Yeah. Thank you so much, my honor. God bless you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.